You're listening to Behind the Bliss, a weekly podcast where Rachel Autry brings conversations to you from women that share what's behind their highlight reel. Each episode is designed for you to see a message from the mess and encourage you to find balance in the bliss. We know that what you're facing is important for shaping who God has created you to be. Some may say it's a process that often happens behind the bliss. Here's today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bliss podcast. My name is Rachel Autry, and I am so stoked to sit behind the microphone with you today and meet you in your AirPods wherever you are. Maybe it's a walk. Maybe it's your chores. Not sure, but I'm just so happy that you're here, especially for today's conversation. So over the summer, we hosted a series called, Well, That's Awkward. And it was all about the topics that can feel a bit taboo. And we're hitting one of those super popular episodes again today for a part two, because you guys loved the first one so much. So the latest friendship episode that we had before was with my real life friend, Leah Thompson. She is so much fun. And we shared all about our experience between making friends with each other, the challenges we can find with making friends as an adult, just candid conversation, honestly. So this week, I brought on a friendship expert and educator, Blake Blankenbeckler. She is a licensed therapist out of Charleston, South Carolina, and is so much fun. Plus, she has so much wisdom to share about friendship specifically that I wanted to ask her, especially with some of the follow-up questions we got from our last episode. Because guys, friendship can be so awkward. Like, hi, are we friends? Or I'm not really sure where we stand. We've all been there, haven't we? From making friends, shaking each other's hands, or giving each other the awkward hug, not really knowing where we are to determining what kind of friends are our friends. Are we casual friends? Just like, see you when I see you. Are we a, hey, let's get together and actually get coffee? Are we a, hey, come over to my house? Or are we a hey, I need you to hold my baby while I go shower, even if they're screaming. There's a whole level of friendship. And then there's potential for friendship breakups. It can just be tricky water to navigate. So that's why we brought in Blake to hit some of these pain points for you. And I am so excited for you to listen now, especially because we are all about practicals. And yes, Blake has those, but she also has an incredible product called the Friendship Deck. And it is a thoughtfully designed game just for you with 62 questions and three levels of increasing vulnerability to help you guide you and your friends to greater intimacy with a lot of ease. So I'm excited for you to hear from Blake more about the friendship deck, how you can get your hands on one today and take those friendships to the next level so that you feel met, heard, and that you can love others intentionally as well. Before we hop into today's conversation, I did want to ask you a few housekeeping things. I'm not sure if you know this, but we do have a newsletter that goes out every Wednesday, and it is so much fun, packed with encouragement, some of my favorite things that I'm loving, and a few things that you may have missed that you didn't know I talked about, or I'm telling you guys first before I share it with the rest of the world. So you can jump on that email list by texting the word bestie, B-E-S-T-I-E, to the number 55444. It's truly so easy. We'll text you back, ask you for your name, ask you for your email address, and you're on the list. It's so simple, and we love to treat our friends over there, and we'd love to include you. The second thing I want you to know about, and I'm going to ask you for, it's it's totally free, but it does me so much good in our heart, on our team, but also in just (laughs) analytics with Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts, wherever you listen, would you think about leaving us a review? 
Especially if you love the show, we would love a five-star review. Tell us why you love the show, what you're loving about it, anything you think would be helpful or encouraging for us to hear. We would be so grateful, and it would mean the world to me to see your review pop up. You guys rock. And then, in case you didn't know this as well, but we also treat our friends online to coffee. We pick one friend a week that shares about our show on Instagram or Facebook or however you choose. Just make sure to tag us so that we can see your mention. And we randomly pick one friend a week that does this to treat you to a coffee. Super simple, just on us, and it's an easy way for us to say thank you. So, without further ado, here is today's conversation with Blake. Blake, welcome to Behind the Bliss podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm so grateful to be here. I feel like we have to share our mutual common friend who connected yes. us. Yeah. Dylan. We, we love, love her. You. Love- yeah, I got a text from Dylan a few weeks ago. It was actually a voice message, which is like my love language, I think. Every yes. time I get a voice message, I am so stoked to it's listen. I don't know what it's about, but I can't wait. And she left me one about you. She was oh. like, you have to know about Blake, all the things. I'm, we'll, we'll get to that in the episode. But she gave me basically a Spark Notes version about you and all the things. And I was like, you know what? I think she's a girl for our girls. I, was like, oh. I think we need to have her on the show for sure. Gosh. So to have you here, so fun. Oh my gosh. Okay. I knew that she connected us. I did not know that she sent oh, yeah. a personalized voice note your way. That <laughs> she, is so meaningful. She you up. Yeah, oh. I know. Way to go. You should know. Yeah. Uh, she's a keeper. She's she great. Is. But I want you to share with the people all about you, about what you do, about what's going on. Yes. Where you are. All the things. All um, yeah. yeah. So I'm Blake Blankenbeckler. I like to say my last name because it can be confusing. People are like, wait, what? What? How is that? That was not, that is my uh, married name. That's how I knew I was going to marry my husband because you you do what girls do and you put your name next to uh-huh. what your potential you know, spouse's name could be. And I was like, my name would be Blake Blankenbeckler. Like probably going to marry him. There's no way. There's no way I wouldn't. But yeah, so uh, we live in Charleston, South Carolina. We have moved all over the place. So that's kind of a unique, um, unexpected part of my story that I never planned on doing. Like I literally grew up in the same place um, and lived the same place and then have moved like six or seven times um, (laughs) since I left college, which is bananas. Um, So do you mind me asking what's been moving you all around? Yeah, no, that's a totally great question. We, let's see, I went to grad school in Nashville. That's where I met my husband. And then we were like, let's go on an adventure. And we always wanted to go out West. We were both from the South and we're like, let's have a California adventure. We're young. And so we moved to LA for a few years and it was magical and hard and wonderful and just taught us both so much. Um, And sadly COVID happened and my husband lost his job. And we were like scrambling. He found another job that was a great, um, a great opportunity in Austin. And so it was a contract job. So we were there for a year and then we knew that we wanted to get back to the South. Um, and so that's kind of what brought us to Charleston. So we love a magical place, another magical place. Yes. I have a lot of people I love in Charleston. Like a lot of my heart is in Charleston. My brothers live in Charleston. Uh, Yeah, I grew up in Columbia. So (gasps) I'm like an hour and a half away. Oh my gosh, just a hop, skip, and a jump up the road. world, yes. Yes. My besties from college are there. Anyways, next time I go 
to Charleston and be like, I'm Madden Blake to the list. Yes, yeah. we will hang. Um, I love it. Yeah, I am a therapist, so I have a private practice. It's called Fake Holistic Psychotherapy. I specialize in eating disorders, trauma, codependency, anxiety. Those are really just big words for like being human these days. Um, and get to work with incredible folks. Um, and then kind of out of that work, just e- and even from my own story of moving so much, I was thinking a ton about friendships, um, how to sustain them. Like there were certain friends that were great in person, but once you started long person, it's like, uh, we don't, we're not talk on the phone friends. And so mm-hmm. those kind mm-hmm. of fizzled and I noticed my clients were having similar conversations. And so out of that, I really started studying and honing in on friendships, the power of them, why we need them, um, kind of dispelling all of these myths and, out of that created the friendship deck, which I'm so excited about. It's a conversation game for friends who are craving more depth and intimacy with each other. So it's 62 questions. It's three different levels of like to ease you into the waters of emotional (laughs) vulnerability. We don't have to go straight to the deep end. Um, But just to talk about those nuances and friendship dynamics that don't often get talked about. And um, it's just been really meaningful and incredible to see how they've already kind of opened up a ton of dialogue and a ton of um, really meaningful conversations for friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. I So we share some similarities. I also have mm-hmm. moved a few, yes. a few times. You get um, it. I'm a military spouse. So like we are hopping all around. Finally at home base is what we like to say. We're finally here in home sweet home. Alabama. And yeah, so like, it's just so odd because friendship is that hot topic conversation that I've been living through. But I think so many women in the community here around the podcast have just been so hungry to learn more about it because we do crave that intimacy. Like there is something outside of the four walls of our home that we need the community. Yes. And we were built for. So I think, um, just okay in case no one has heard about this there we did a really fun awkward topics kind of series this past summer and it was so much fun yes so many spicy things and one of them was friendships but here's the thing like that was such a part one friendship is so complicated there's so Mm -hmm. many levels and variables and layers that you can't talk about it for 45 minutes and hit all the things and that was one of our most popular episodes because like i said i think people are at that space that are like, I want to learn. Like, I want to be the friend that I want to have. And I want to meet the friends that I need in my life. And being at that intersection is such a cool opportunity to learn. And so we love bringing people on like you. I call experts. Be like, okay. You're kind. <laughs> let's dive on in. Let's ask some questions. Because I'm like, we just need to go there. Yeah. Like, I think we need good standards for what's healthy, what's not, all the things. So anyways, just happy to have you. And the friendship deck. So glad you created. Yes. Yes. Okay. I want to go to this place I was talking about a little bit. I want you to almost define like a healthy friendship and an unhealthy friendship. Because I would say a lot of us have friends in our lives, like whether they're childhood friends, built-in friends with siblings, um, maybe we're friends with our parents, whatever, coworkers. Like there are people in our lives that we could whether it was a small reach or a large reach, be like, yeah, they're my friend. (laughs) But how do we know if they actually qualify as those healthy friendships that could move forward in our life and do something for us that makes sense? 
My litmus test for a healthy friendship is can you tell this friend that they hurt your feelings? Oh, that's a good one. (laughs) And can you tell them that they hurt your feelings? And can you know that y'all will be able to have a meaningful and reparative conversation about it, that there will be buy-in from your friend to hear how they impacted you based on what they did or didn't do, and that you will be able to show up honestly, and that there won't be any type of like punishment or retaliation for showing up that way and saying like, Hey, this really hurt my feelings. Like I saw y'all all hanging out on Instagram and I didn't get an invite. Mm-hmm. And I would say an unhealthy friend would be like, why are you being so sensitive? Like, it's sure. not that big of a deal. It's not always about you. And it's like, Oh, okay. And I would say, yeah, a healthy friend is going to be like, Oh my gosh, tell me more. Like, I hate that I made you feel that way. That was not my intention. Here's what was actually happening. Like, let's talk about it. So I think that in especially romantic relationships, there's a lot of space and onus about talking about the relationship. Like, how are we doing? What do you need more of? What do you need less of? And for some reason within our friendships, especially female friendships with our girlfriends, we think like we don't need to do that. Yeah. And that is false. (laughs) And so I would say one of the huge, even just like thesis of my work is like conflict with friends is really important. Um, And necessary. I think that's like the only way you make movement. Yeah. Yeah. One of my good friends says conflict is growth trying to happen. And so I look at the friends that I am closest with, the ones that feel safest to me as the ones that I know that I can talk really candidly to and let them know like, Ooh, I need more of this. Or like, Hey, it's not actually helpful when you ask me this question. And they're like, thank you so much for telling me. And they're like, you know, when you asked this question, it didn't land well. And I'm like, Oh, thank you. And again, that's like perfect world that it's like, thank you for having boundaries. I want to support you in that. Yeah. It's not always that, that neat and clean. Um, and certainly there's mess involved, but I think when there's both, when there's buy-in on both sides, they're like, we want to be really honest and candid with each other. Cause we're going to rub up against each other. We're going to hurt each other, but we want to talk about it and live with integrity to not make yeah. up stories. So good. We're humans living with humans, learning how to love humans. And it's just going to get messy. Yeah. So messy. And I think we have shows that we love. Don't get me wrong. Like I love Ross and Rachel and all the friends, but also like what a sexy representation of what friendship is, but is actually not. And yes. so we have this idea of like, oh, it's going to be this easy. We'll live across the hall from each other. Yes, like we'll we go to brunch in, every Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Love each other through all the seasons. And so when the hard things happen and when, for lack of better terms, crap hits the fan yeah. and things just start flying, you, you, it's easy to just push eject, be like, all right, I don't think they're my person. I think this is unhealthy. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I think that there's something special about continuing to show up and share how you feel and be like, I don't know if you saw the crap hit the wall, but there's definitely some cleanup here that we need to figure out, you know, and that is such a vulnerable, hard place to be because I think a lot of our insecurities show. And so I think the bigger question is not only like, do you want friends? It's like, do you, are you ready to get real? Because friendship can only happen when you're like, here I am. 
here I in am. all of me. Take me or leave me. Yeah, and, and there's something really beautiful. Certainly, it is so scary to let a person know like, hey, there's some mess here. Let's talk about it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I might hurt their feelings. They might respond well. And it's like, wouldn't we, like, we, we need to want to know about that because it gives us incredible clarity on what kind of a friendship that is. And I'm not saying that if they can't handle that, that means you throw them out altogether. Like I'm not for just like totally (laughs) ghosting all of your friends that can't do this, but that can let you know if they're not someone who can support you well, or that they can, you know, make changes or hold these deeper types of conversations. It just tells me, Oh, I'm going to use discernment and they're probably not going to be the people that I go to to have these deep conversations, to ask for this support or expect it. Um, Because when I expect it from people that can't do it, I get resentful, but it's also my fault because I'm not, you know, looking at like, they've never showed up in the way that I've wanted them to. And I'm wanting them to magically start like, no. (laughs) Right. Yes. It's not, it's not a fair expectation or healthy. No, no. Because like you said, the frustration totally happens. Yes. I'm curious to know with all your research you've done, just like field study, (laughs) naturally, (laughs) um, do you feel like there's almost levels of friendship? Because friendship across the board is not like if friendship was the color blue, there's like teal, aquamarine, navy blue. Like there's so many types of friendships that I think it also gets hard to juggle and figure out like, all right, which, where does this friendship land on a scale, which sounds so bad. Okay. I'm just going to say like, are we intimate? Are we shallow? Like, and there's people all in between. I want, I just want to know, can we just talk about that too? Because I think I have friends and I'm like, Oh, I would love to be at that place with you, but it just is not, we aren't those people together. No. Again, I think this definition that I'm like loving and talking all about of emotional health is living in reality. And the reality is there are lots of different kinds of friendship. And like you said, I think in Scotland, I love what you said about the colors. Like there are over a hundred different, you can check, fact check me, but there's like over a hundred different variations of green. Mm-hmm. And so I love that idea that we can use that with friendship, that there are so many variations of friend, of friendship. And so even sometimes, especially with social media, like the word friend has gotten really diluted, but there's absolutely research. And I think it's really kind of ourselves to be aware of like, who are our people who's in our inner circle and who's kind of in those ex- like concentric circles, like who are in the outer circles that are just as important to us. But maybe again, it's a friend that like, they don't really like talking about their feelings, which is okay. We all have friends like those. We love them. Not like I'm an Enneagram four. <laughs> not everyone wants to just like hang out and <laughs> go to the abyss with you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but there's a researcher Dunbar that talked about, um, within our inner circle, we can only have about five people in there. So we can only do deep and meaningful uh, relationship with those five people maximum. And when I think about that, I think about like, that's about how much we can tolerate, meaning to know someone that intimately, to be known that intimately, like these are the people that have access to your psyche, to the here and now moments of the hard things that you're going through, the thoughts that you're having, like the mess, they have access to that. And then as the circles go out, it's like, 
our our friends get a more get a different version of that. And I don't think that that's actually lying or living in authentically. I think it's all about like responsible vulnerability. Yes. Yeah, I'm not going to share my deepest, darkest, most intimate things with people or friends that I know either like I don't see that much or they can't, you know, it's like those friends that like they can't really go there. And they can't keep up and that's yeah, okay. And that's yeah. okay. And I'm not going to expect them to, but you know, with my inner circle friends, like I am going to tell them the nitty gritty. I'm going to expect support. I'm going to support them. Like they're who I want my best friendship energy to go to. And I think it's important to have discernment around that. Responsible vulnerability. Because I think when we find ourselves in that super insecure position where we're like, I just so want to be known, I'll make a friend with anyone. You'll go to places and you'll leave and you will just feel ick. You're like, I totally overshared. They didn't deserve that part of me. And I don't know if I can trust them with that part of me that now they have and I can't take back. I can't take back. I can't take back. And that is such a weird, cringy feeling that I've been in. I'm sure you you could say you've been in. I call them vulnerability hangovers where I leave and I'm like, oof, that was Yeah, I call it trauma bonding. Um. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it's just a way that it's, it's, there is, there's that kind of desperate and like urgent, I would say just pay if that's something, because I'm sure it's so many women listening to this will feel that if you just feel that really urgent need to share and create connection and closeness, like that's it, like that's data. Like ask yourself, like, why do I need this? What's in this for me? And slow yourself down. Um, intimacy takes time. Like there is no way to fast track intimacy. That's right. It takes trust. And like, how do you know you can trust someone and they're still stranger? Exactly. And yeah, it's okay. I love this too, because I think this is also giving people the permission to go slow. And mm-hmm. it gives people the permission, like this is totally dating, but in a different realm. And yes. like, in a, it's a non-romance dating. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. trying to figure out, are we people together? Like, can we be compatible-ish? <laughs> like, and if we're completely different, we could probably still have enough in common to hang out. Like, I have a friend who I'd say she and I have the least bit in common. And if you mm-hmm. put me in a lineup of people, you wouldn't have picked us two to be friends. Very unlikely. But she's my girl. Like, she is the girl. We, she is a go-to. And I think maybe because we're so different, we have this healthy, like, tell me who you are and what you're thinking, because I don't get it unless you tell me. Like, there's no assumptions. That. It's just like, I, I don't know you unless you tell me. Yeah, it's really <laughs> um, curious, it sounds like. So curious, so fun. And she's my she's my girl. I always joke. I'm like, okay, if Thomas was ever to not be away when this baby's coming, I'm calling her. I'm like, you ready to doula? Because I need yeah, somebody. You're gonna hold me. <laughs> you're gonna hold me. Um, so like those are the people that we want, but I think like to have the permission it might look different than what you'd always expected it to look like or for her to look like or for her to be like. Yeah. Um, yeah. I and it so- could just be different. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really important thing of just, it might not, your friendships might not look like you expected or like you were told. Um, but there's something really beautiful about like, this is what I'm working with. This is what I want more of. This is what I want less of. Like I even created this friendship inventory. Cause I thought like, I want to spend time thinking about what's working, what's not working. Where am I taking risks? 
Where do I need to take risks? Where do I need to stop taking emotional risks? Cause I keep getting hurt. Um, just to even pay attention. Cause a lot of times we don't, our friendships are just kind of this like back burner. Like we don't put a lot of time and energy and effort into it. And it's like, no, let's bring them to the forefront. I mean, there's studies that show like having good friends, like it is a protectant against depression, against anxiety. It gives you a better sense of belonging, increases self-confidence, self-esteem. Like your romantic relationships are actually better when you have friends. I mean, we need them. Yeah. And I don't think that they're, I don't even know how to phrase this, but like think the hard things in life are going to happen. And it's not fair for us to expect us to find the people during the hard things happening. Like yeah. when these hard circumstances pop up in the middle of our day that we didn't anticipate, we couldn't have seen them coming and they happen. Like hopefully we have the people already built in to call. And those aren't the moments that help us figure out, I actually don't have those people. And so this is my like, <laughs> please like, Go find these people. Not again, like not out of desperation, but I want to hear like if someone's listening and they think, oh my gosh, like, yeah, if my life fell apart this afternoon, I don't know who, I don't have that list. Mm -hmm. How can they go and start creating and cultivating these healthy moving forward type relationships? So there's big question. I know big (laughs) questions, but I think it's the question of so many people of like, how do I make friends as an adult and just making space? Like you're not around peers as much anymore. Um, the pandemic certainly put a big wrench in a lot of our friendship making plans (laughs) and people are, have shifted how they communicate and how they connect. I'd say the biggest thing is you, if you are wanting to make new friends, you need to get comfortable with feeling cringy, with feeling awkward and with putting yourself out there. Like that's part of your work is to grow a tolerance, to keep putting yourself out there. And you can't just show up to things. You have to engage and engage with people, ask, like learn how to ask questions, strike up conversations with strangers. Um, I'm a big fan of you know, if you're wanting to make new friends, like start going out to eat by yourself and start having coffee by yourself, put your phone away, read a book and people will come up to you and strike up a conversation, like learn how to connect with strangers. Um, and then I'd also just as (laughs) I'm biased as a therapist, I'm like, get into some therapy. Um, your therapist, like, again, we are not great at pushing ourselves to do uncomfortable things putting ourselves out there in emotional ways is uncomfortable. Having the support of a therapist is so helpful um, to push you, to challenge you, to hold you accountable, but to also, you know, help you think through like, oh, are these friends that are helping like bring out the best in you that are like helping you feel really expansive and good in your body and good about how you're showing up? Or are these friends that are like, oh, you're people pleasing. Like you're just saying yes to go along, to get along. Like they're, it's just really helpful. And so I'd say like, again, I felt shame when I was bringing up my friendships and some of my early, earlier therapy days when I was the, when I was a client, so I'm very much a client <laughs> will always be, but I I think it's just like, these are beautiful, incredible things to talk about your past, your attachment wounds. Um, We think that those only show up with our romantic relationships. They do not. They show up with friends. Like, you know, if there are any, um, you know, attachment nerds out there, like your anxious attachment style, your avoidant attachment style, like those show up 
with your friendships, you push them away or you get really anxious if they haven't texted you back or they're mad at you. Um, so again, big proponent for going to therapy, um, because this is going to be a time where you're putting yourself out there. You're probably going to get rejected. Um, and it's going to be uncomfortable, but hopefully there'll be some great friends at the end of it. Totally. I love that. To have someone help you filter through all those feelings, thoughts, like you said, hold you accountable. Be like, okay, what worked? What didn't work? Why do you feel like you felt that way? Or what about that made you feel weird? Like, let's talk through this is so helpful. And it's, if you, if you are on the hunt for friendship, chances are you probably don't have that person outside of therapy to just like walk through that with in the same kind of way. Like in the same context, like I could walk through that with my husband, but it's just going to look different (laughs) and it might end an argument. You know what I mean? I'm like, I just need someone third party to ask me the hard questions or I can't get offended and I'm paying for my time. I will show up, do the work. Um, And it helps. It totally helps. Yes. Big proponent of therapy too. put your money behind it and you show up, there is something magical that happens Mm -hmm. that I have seen where these kind of opportunities show up, these people show up in your life if you're willing to show up. Certainly not as quickly as you want, but like you showing up, people will be attracted to you. I've seen it happen time and time again. Mm -hmm. I have found it really interesting too. I think a lot of people or even like my own friends that talk about having friendships. So here's just some context. I've met a lot of friends through the military world. Yeah. And now we're a long distance and we're trying to make friends in Japan, in Illinois, like in Florida, like all these different places. So we're kind of like rude. We are definitely friends, but we can't be those like show up at your door in the afternoon if you need me kind of friend, unfortunately. Right. And so we all are kind of checking in like, how's it going? <laughs> Have you made a friend? <laughs> how's the book club? You know, like it's just kind of cute and funny because we're all like, y'all, this is just hard stuff. Because in a way, the military does have built in friendships. You have so much in common, all so you could be the opposite kind of person. Just, you know, right. it's a vulnerable environment. Um, hard to not make friends. So right. now that we're in the civilian world, we say. We're wow, back. fancy. <laughs> fancy. We're back from planet Mars. And we feel like, okay, like the real world is actually kind of tough. Anyways, um, a lot of what I'm seeing, though, in the patterns of conversations is we are a little too insecure to put our real self out there, like we were talking about in the beginning. Um, or we feel like we have an idea of who our friends should be and we can't find her out there. Or we are just so frustrated. We've gotten to the point where like, it's just maybe even not worth it. And so what are some other things that you could maybe like step on some toes? I like to step on on some toes for people listening and be like, this might be your problem. Like this, this like might be (laughs) like grab a highlighter and just like show us, which is hard to do without knowing people personally. But I feel like there may be like some bigger flashing lights that we could almost use as red flags to be like, how can I get out of my own way? I guess. Cause we don't have control over a lot. Right. But like how can we, we have control over how we show up. That's right. Yeah. I'd, I'd say, especially the parts of us that are like, Oh, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Like, I think those are really protective parts. Um, so that's just a, I I think even just holding yourself to that, like, oh, what's this part trying to protect me from? Like probably hurts, probably some rejection. I love thinking about, we can't so much be afraid of the future because we don't know. Like a lot of times if we look at our fear, our fear is about the past happening again. 
So a lot of times when we are thinking about putting ourselves out there, making new friends, it's like the, the stories that come up or the times where we got rejected, where we got made fun of, like we go back to the kindergarten, the, you know, the playground, the kindergarten, playground right. where we're so young and vulnerable and just want to be loved. And so awkward. Like, so we just have to. <laughs> <laughs> Glad it wasn't just me. No, no. So we just have to have some compassion for ourselves. Um, but I'd say like mindset, again, not in a toxic positivity way, but mindset's really important. They have done studies after studies. I'll reference one. Um, it's called the liking gap. It's really interesting. So basically they put strangers in a room together and had them talk together. And then on each side, they rated how they were perceived. And more often than not, people perceived themselves as much more unlikable than they were actually experienced. And I loved that because it's true time and time again, like we think we're so cringy. We were so awkward. We just said that thing. There was that pop, like, oh, I can't believe I just shared that or said that. Like, most people do not bat an eye at that, are not thinking about that. And actually, um, there's even more research that says like the more kind of quirky, the more yourself you are, the more you just show up as yourself, the more you're vulnerable in a like kind way, even, even vulnerable being like, you're meeting someone new and being like, I'm really nervous about this. Like, this is my first friend blind date. That actually creates connection that makes you more human. Like these are the times where you don't need to have it all together but actually just naming like, oh, this is so awkward. I don't know how to do this. It's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, thank you for saying that because I feel more comfortable to be like, yeah, me too. Right. You broke a barrier. Yes. Like you just found, you just like connected something Yes. to one another. Yeah. I love that. And again, it's like you going first. It's you feeling awkward. It's you putting yourself out there and being okay with them being like, I'm actually really excited. And you being like, yeah, I am nervous, but I am excited too, you know, and Absolutely. that being a really cool place to be met. Let's go on the flip side for a second. <laughs> Let's say <laughs> we have some friends uh-huh. that maybe are not healthy for us, uh-huh. um, maybe are like toxic and we feel obliged to keep them in our life because how awkward would it be to let them go? Um, But they're doing some damage and maybe even like taking up space for lack of better term. I don't know how to say it. Mm -hmm. Like they're taking up the emotional space that we really like could have somebody else occupy that would be adding value and not taking it away. away. It's right. Like just sucking out the life. Like I think hopefully I would hope not that we haven't all had those people in our lives. So like I surely have. I think if you've just like are an adult <laughs> probably experience this person. Yeah. Um, let's just talk about that for a second because I also yeah. feel like people need the permission to let them go. Like, the, yes, there is, I think, so totally something to say for like fighting for the friendship and showing up and loving hard and being rejected and all that. But I think that there's also a side to be like, you know, like, I think it's okay to walk away. I think, I mean, yes, it's absolutely okay to walk away. Not every, if there are friendships that are harming you, I think that you said this really interesting thing, like we feel obligated. I think we get the definitions of loyalty and obligation confused. And a lot of times we think, or we feel like we are 
being loyal to a friend when actually we just feel like we're obligated to be friends with them forever. And so I think it's really important to rewrite the script of like, you get to decide what your friendships are looking like. You get to um, decide how you want to be treated. And if someone is not treating you well, or, you know, a lot of times, this is why, again, proponent for therapy, Mm -hmm. um, because our defenses show up. So a lot of times we find ourselves, I'm thinking about someone who's more of a people pleaser or more accommodating, um, that knows how to just say, yes, this is the, like, go with the flow friend. I don't have any opinions. Um, And I am very suspicious when people do not have opinions um, because again, I'm like, why, why did that part need to be created to, you know? And so a lot of times what happens is, so say someone who's, you know, really shown up in these accommodating ways, they just, you know, go along to get along and they start shifting out of that. And they're like, actually, I want to go here for dinner. I'd love to do this. And they get some backlash from their friends. Or they're like, Hey, I actually need this. Like, I can't keep driving to your house. Like I need you to come to my house and they get blasted or they get shamed. Um, that's a great indicator again, that that might not be a friendship that can tolerate you changing. I, you know, it's, it's often been said, like if you're in more codependent patterns, like the people who benefit most from your codependency, you will find out very quickly are going to be the angriest when you start to heal that part of you and you start to show up with the whole self. Um, And that will be a great tell on like, oh, shoot, like this. And there's a lot of grief because it's like, oh my gosh, so many of these friendships were not actually about me but we're about how I made this person feel, how I served them and I, how I just said yes to them. Um, yeah. And so we have to look at how maybe we've enabled some of the patterns. Like that's why I don't, I used to use the word toxic. I feel partial to it. Like sometimes that's true. Sometimes again, it's like, we have to look at our own parts and how us being accommodating is also part of the problem. Like it takes two to tango. So we set the standard. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So taking responsibility for how you're showing up. And if a person can't change, like, again, that gives you great data on like, okay, you like, I have to go like, this is really sad and I will be grieving, but like, I gotta go. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you think it should, like, if you could write a textbook on this, which is really hard because I think <laughs> there's like always so many yeah, different, so many different complications. Ways. Yeah. Um, is it necessary? I'll use that term. Is it necessary to always communicate your departure? Or is it sometimes like, are there some moments where you can actually just kind of like paddle away slowly and not look back? I think they're both. Like, I think that there are some people that need, um, that you need to have really clear conversations with and like a goodbye, you know, that like breakup, um, where it's really clear and set in stone. And then I also look at where their friendships where there's actual like harm and gaslighting happen and kind of some abusive tendencies, I look at that as more, how do you get out of this friendship with, um, you are going to be harmed in leaving. How do you get out of it with as little harm and hurt as possible? And so sometimes, yeah, that means like I drift away slowly. I am not going to answer your calls. Um, or I'm going to, you know, not be as inviting you into my life and just let it like slowly 
go away. And there's a, you can be, Mm -hmm. yeah, slowly fizzle and you can be kind of like, they ask if you want to hang out, like, no, thanks. Have a great day. Um, yeah, you don't have to be mean. You can, you can walk away with integrity for sure. That's right. That's so good. Yeah. And I ask these questions because I feel like with friendship, like I said at the beginning, there's so many little like corners we can go into. And I don't think it's possible for us to cover all of them. No. But I just think it's, it is important just to like tap on these things and be like, like the theme I think, I think it keeps coming up for me at least is you have permission to like find health in this in ways that maybe before you've avoided health out of uh, a fear of being rejected, not being known, never having a friend or whatever, which are total lies. And I think, yeah, yeah, like fear of shaking things up and having a friendship break up to create more room and margin for a healthy friendship. Like, yeah, yeah, it's going to shake things up a little bit for a second. (laughs) But like what investment you're making in your long run, do you know, like the the person you can become and the person you can be for somebody else, like so much more potential. And I just think that there's like this overarching like freedom to be and to do what we've actually seen to work and be healthy, even if it means doing the hard thing, yeah. a kind but hard thing for we, ourselves and for someone else. Absolutely. We become who we spend time with. Like we mimic them. And so I want to spend time with people that are expansive, that challenge me, that are honest, that help me grow. And I call some of these friends, like my exhale friends that they, it's like being in their presence feels like this full body exhale. Like, oh my gosh, this is just soul medicine that I didn't know that I needed. Um, we need those people in our life. And I think again, using discernment, like we do not have a lot of time for friendships in our busy days. Like we have to be so intentional. Um, and are we choosing to spend the the time that we do have on our friendships with people that are building us up, that are helping us grow, that are challenging us, um, that are calling us out in the best of ways? Um, or are we spending time trying to like hold on to these really fractured relationships or friendships that don't make us feel good, that make us really anxious, that again, have us toiling and spinning. Um, You don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. You don't. I love going back to the beginning, the litmus test. Like, could you ask your friend or could you tell your friend, like, you hurt my feelings? (laughs) This really rubbed me weird. And I think finding those friendships is something that we all crave. I want you to also, can you just like, gush on yourself for a second because you mentioned this in the beginning kind of just like booped on over it and I'm like no 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 no. it needs a moment go off friendship deck okay friendship deck is this such a cool concept basically it is okay so it's kind of funny because my husband and I have this but for us like it's like a romance deck which that sounds weird but it's like it brings up intimate questions like what's a childhood memory you have I've never heard before like things like that oh I love yeah like super cool whatever but some of them are spicy I don't recommend them with your friendship like that's just weird <laughs> um but these are that built for friendships on like mm-hmm. different levels three different levels so it's not like you have to go deep fast you can totally stay shallow medium low at your own pace um but it's like set up a con like set up a little scene for us these are supposed to be used how 
So you can use them again with new friends, with old friends. Um, I just played them with one of my childhood best friends and her husband and my husband in our backyard. And we had a blast. And afterwards we were like, we would have never had conversations like this if we just, you know, we would have had great conversations at dinner, but like, there's something really special about thinking about friendship dynamics. Um, again, like one of my favorite questions is like, it's in level one. It's like, what type of a texter are you? And do you make up, like, do you have feelings or do you make up things when someone has a different texting style than you? Cause I ah. think that's so important to talk about. How like, many exclamation points yes. do you add? <laughs> are you mad at me? There are no emojis here. Um, right. Or they get, you know, deeper about, you know, in the third level, we kind of talk about like the dynamics between like what person's family are you most envious of here? Um, like, do you make up that they got more emotional care than you did or didn't have? Like, um, asking questions about, are there times in this group that you have felt like you didn't belong? Or if you do belong, like, why do you feel like you belong when you're hurt? So you actually good. share. Like, you know, cause a lot of times I think we make up that, um, other people want to be cared for and loved in the exact same way that we do, especially with our friends. So sometimes we could like give them a great big hug or be like, I'm so sorry, da da da, or like rush into fixing it. And this is a space and this is kind of a game that you can play to learn like, oh, like I'm someone like when I'm really struggling and really sad, like I don't necessarily want a big hug. Like that feels too much to me, but like just mm -hmm. sit next to me and talk to me. Mm -hmm. um, you don't have to give me like wrap me up and pet, you know, pet my <laughs> hair. <laughs> right. Oh, it's so good. It's a great way to be known because yes. I think it's awkward to be like, let me tell you who I am. Yes. And then I want to hear who you are. Like what a, a like big question to ask that's so intimidating but I think starting with these small little nuggets they will add up over time to where you can get a bigger picture of who someone is to then love them well like yes. actually love them the way that they've been created to be loved and vice versa like you're like okay now Absolutely. they know me enough so like we can have this expectation where you're not gonna be perfect for me but at least you know me enough to know like when you may have missed the mark without me having to tell you or Right. for me to be able to apologize before you tell me I hurt your feelings because yeah. I know you well enough. It's I mean, so cool. The biggest thing that even you're talking about that I'm hearing all the time, everybody wants deeper friendships. Everybody deeply cares about their friendships, but how to actually care for them. That's what I wanted to do was create a tangible resource that you could bring into your friendships to nurture them, to care for them, to be curious with your friends. And I promise like you will walk away so glad and grateful yeah, to know these things and to have shared these things. Um, there was a really special question that basically um, was like, what do you wish to cultivate or like pick a pick someone in the room and pick mm -hmm. a quality of them that you wish to cultivate more. And so my husband picked this card and he's like, ooh, and he's like, actually, I'm going to go around and say one thing about everybody. Oh, and it was so special. And then I was like, wait, let's all play that. Let's all do this card. And so we all went around and we ended with this really beautiful way of, you know, our friends calling out and me getting to call out these qualities of like, I love this in you. I see this in you. Like you were inspiring me to bring these parts into my own life. Um, we just need that. We need more mm -hmm. love. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it can feel so unnatural and so like lovey-dovey. And I think some people are like, 
they play that down as uncool, but it's so needed. And Gosh. things like this are so cool. Yes. <laughs> and like, I, I've never, ever felt weird when someone's telling me. And if I have, and it says more about me than it says about them. But like when someone affirms me and tells me who I am and reminds yeah. me of who I am in my hardest moments. And that's what this is. And it, I just feel like friendship deck is a great tool yeah. to cultivate the things in the relationship that are needed, that are healthy, that are important. But maybe we overlook because of our busy schedule, insecurities, yeah. lack of intimacy in our friendship, whatever, it can totally help. Yeah. I'm I'm big. I'm big pro friendship desk girl. Uh, desk, wow, desk girl. Friendship <laughs> deck girl. Where can people find friendship deck? Yes. And more things about it. you. Yes. So they can find the friendship deck at www.thefriendshipdeck.com. Um, it is on pre-order. It will be, usually it's like a four to five week um, before we're able to ship it, which again is a great problem. It's a great problem. It's a great problem. Thank you, TikTok. Yes. Thank you, TikTok. <laughs> um, we're, we're very glad about that. Um, and then I am on Instagram, my name, Blake Blankenbeckler. And then I am on TikTok as well, blakeblankenbeckler.lpc. Love it. We will link all of these things in the show notes so people can go. And if you're in Charleston, will you go sit on her couch for me? Because like, I would love for you to be my therapist. So, like, I just want to live vicariously through one of my, I'm literally going to text all my Charleston friends be like, do you need a therapist? Slash like, do you have an opening? Um, anyways, just like great people. I love to have people like you on the show that can just share the real deal, but in such a like approachable way. It's just so refreshing. Oh. We can do this, people. Like if you you're listening you and you this. crave this it me- and you desire this, it means it's out there for you and yes. it can happen. We just have to put in the work and Blake has shared some great ways to put in the work. So Blake, thanks. Hey, wait, I do have to ask this one question. I hate that I just kind of wrapped up because this is my yeah. favorite ask. Quickly, will you share with us your favorite thing that you're loving these days you have to share with people besides what friendship? Am I deck. loving? Yes. Besides the friendship deck. Um... Okay. I shared about this on my Instagram stories yesterday. I was really looking for a weighted blanket that was like that chunky vibe, but was like just the right amount of pressure. I hope that this is like what people talk about. No, it is. I'm really into, it is called the Nuzzy and it is this weighted blanket. It is, I mean, hypnotic. Like I put it on and I was instantly soothed, but it's like not hot or claustrophobic because you know, some of them are a little too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It is like the Goldilocks weight bl- weighted blanket. It is just right. It is lovely. It is incredible. Um, it is now at my office and I am buying one for my house because I was sad that I brought it to my office. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, yes. the Nuzzy. That's going on our show notes too. The yeah. Goldilocks. That's hilarious. Not too heavy, not too light, not too hot, not That's too cold. Just right. <laughs> just right. Oh, it's amazing. Okay, the Nuzzy. Good to know. Well, yes. Blake. You're a treasure. This has been this so is much a treat. fun. Thank you for having yes. me. And thanks um, everyone for listening. This episode of Behind the Bliss podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more episodes so you don't miss episodes full of encouragement. And don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you the best content. See you in the next episode.